Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're sitting down with Garrett Booth. Garrett is the senior pastor of Grace Church Houston and has served in full-time ministry for over 20 years. Today, Garrett will share about his doctoral dissertation on the unique experience of pastor's kids, and he'll be sharing advice with pastors on how to raise kids who love God and don't hate the church. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the one and only Avail podcast, where we talk about the art of leadership. I got my music going. I got my guests going. Hey, everybody. We are privileged to have the one and only Pastor Garrett Booth on with us for the Avail podcast. Pastor Garrett, it's good to have you. How you feeling? Hey, Verge. Strong music, man. Great intro. Good to see you again. Come on. Did you feel that? Could you feel it? Uh, I'm excited. Yeah, I can feel it. I'm excited to get into this. I'm excited to get into this conversation, Pastor Gary. I think it's going to be really relevant and really insightful for pastors and ministry leaders. Um, uh, We're specifically going to talk about about your doctoral dissertation and this whole issue about pastors' kids and their unique experiences. We're going to get to that in a second. But before that, can you just share a little bit about yourself so that our Avail audience can get to know you? Yeah, well, I uh, so my name's Garrett Booth. I'm a pastor in Houston, Texas. I am uh, I'm a son of the house. I started coming to this church when I was 16, and that was 32 years ago. So I started out as a volunteer, picking up papers and trash after the youth services, and kind of felt a call to ministry and did every role available. And then eight years ago, my wife and I became the senior pastors of Grace Church Houston. Been married 25 years. I have uh, two kids, a daughter who just graduated from Baylor University, and I have a son who's a senior in high school. So that's a little bit about uh, my world. Yeah, I love it. Um, And for those of you who are leaning in right now and maybe getting to know Pastor Garrett for the first time, Grace Church in Houston is an awesome, awesome church. I also love that you guys have a uh, Spanish-speaking congregation, Pastor David there, who's a good friend as well, and uh, really love what you guys are doing uh, in Houston. Um, I want to, I want to say, Pastor Garrett, this subject that we're going to touch on is, is very unique, um, because it's the first time we're t- touching specifically on this, on the avail podcast. And, and it specifically has to do with the unique experiences of pastors, kids, right. And, uh, you did your doctoral dissertation on, on just exploring the challenges of second generation ministry leaders. Uh, this is super interesting. Why this topic? Well, I, you know, I was going to launch into a two-year study, and I had to choose something that uh, maybe I felt like I had something to say about mm. and that, that really was uh, not really explored. So I started thinking about the context that I have and where God's placed me and who I could gather around me as a team and, and something that might make a real difference. And then this idea came to me when I was praying one day um, around the idea of working with, uh, working with pastor's kids. And so I started kind of exploring that. And here's what I found out, Verge. It's, it it was shocking to me how little has been written or thought about or thought (laughs) through when it comes to the experience of pastor's kids, because I mean, almost every pastor has kids. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, learning and knowing how to navigate all that, there's so much to it. And so I really wanted to dive in 
and, and help pastors with their kids. The other reason is this, that this can be a huge pain point for leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, I, as I started getting into this, I started to find out that uh, one of the things that can really detour and sideline a leader is when something happens with one of our kids. And, uh, you know, somebody once said that uh, you are only as happy as your saddest child. Wow. And so when we think about kind of the connection we have with our kids wow. and how that impacts ministry and our leadership. I wanted to dig in there and to give pastor's kids a voice. And I mm. wanted to try to help pastor parents like myself who are raising kids in ministry. And my goal was to say this, how can we raise our kids to love God and not hate church, you know, because many times pastors' kids have a difficult experience. So what do we need to know about all that? So I really dug into a two-year study just to go deep into that whole world. I love that. You just said something caught my attention. You, you were th- that, that saying that a pastor is only as happy as his saddest child. Wow. There's a lot to unpack just in that statement. Um, by the way, I'm going to throw in there to everybody. I'm a pastor's kid. I, my parents are pastors. They're the founding pastors of the church that, awesome. that my wife and I lead today. And so, man, I, not only is this important to me because I think I, I can relate to a certain degree, but, but I have kids myself. And uh, so I, I think your why here is, is huge. Um, and I think all the pastors and ministry leaders that are out there listening are intrigued to hear a little bit more about this. I think it is a huge pain point. Now, now, what would you say before before we kind of talk specifically about the study, right? Um, what, what what would you say that uh, pastor parents struggle with the most in regards to their kids, parenting? You know, what what kind of came up? Yeah, well, you know, I, I wanted to really try to understand both sides of this equation. What are the stresses on pastor parents? Mm-hmm. And then what do pastor's kids have to say about their experience? And I want to look at it in a way that would be uh, encouraging and helpful, mm-hmm. you know, not discouraging and, and, and picking apart everybody's right. experience. I want it to be encouraging. So my goal is to say, uh, so many pastors I know that they have young kids and and the church is growing and the ministry is growing and the stress is growing and the demands are growing and they're balancing all of these things all at the same time. And uh, I wanted to say, what are some things we need to know as we do that? Hmm. Uh, because we're planting seeds in our kid's life now that we won't see spring up until years later. But the seeds we plant right now make a huge difference years from now. And so what do we need to be planting? What do we need to be doing uh, what can we do so that we can succeed in ministry, but also succeed as parents with our kids at the same time? And so I was really interested in that whole idea of of not uh, not just criticizing any of it, but right. really saying, well, what can we do to, uh, hey, instead of trying to save kids when they're drowning in the river, let's go up to the bridge and see who's pushing them in <laughs> and let's fix it there. And so yeah. my thought was really around trying to explore that whole, that whole concept and, and that whole idea. Yeah, this is huge. I think, I think a lot of pastors, and I think I know a lot of pastors, including myself, w- w- want to learn here, want to, we want to lean in, we want to find out, man, what can we do you know, and, and I'm sure that if we if we sat down at a round table with maybe older pastors who now have not only kids but grandkids, you know, they might they might be able to think look back and say, Hey, here's some advice. You know, you know, we missed it on this, or we didn't get we didn't have the research on this, or you know, we weren't coached in this. Um, what is it about 
pastor's kids experience that makes it a unique experience? I know you were sharing with this about, about this to me. What is it specifically about their experience that's unique and different from other kids or other people? Right. Well, you know, they do have a, a different experience of life than, than many other people. And like you said, generations before us, you know, are something we can look at. One of the things that I discovered in my research was really honestly the regret that the generation before us had because they grew up with this idea, this mindset that said, if I take care of the church, God will take care of my kids. (laughs) And in a lot of ways came to years later, um, regret that and feel like, you know, I probably sacrificed more than God wanted me to Mm. in my family thinking that if I just handled the church well, that was going to take care of it. And I think one of the things we need to reposition in our heart and our mind is that uh, that I'm not a pastor and then a parent. I am a pastor parent. You know, wow. I have a calling from God. It's important. It matters. I'm not making less of that. But you know what? I have a calling as a dad. And, um, and I, before I pastor the church that God's called me to, I have a church of four called the Booth family that I'm pastoring. Yeah. And so the whole idea that, that we're pastoring our family too, and what that means really matters. So let's talk about um, pastor's kids. I mean, one of the things, and I'm sure you experienced this and you could talk about this too, is that pastor's kids talk about what's commonly known as uh, growing up in a glass house. Mm-hmm. The idea that people are watching you all the time, that you are on display all the time, that the decisions you make, uh, everybody is questioning or judging or taking a look at. Did you experience any of that, Verge? You know, it's funny. Um, I did. I mean, you know, there's this, there's this pressure that you feel. I think some of it, some of it is evident because of what people, people's comments, which are usually innocent, but, oh, are you the next pastor? You know, all these things. But, but then also I think there's some pressures that we kind of put on ourselves as well. So there's a, there's a little bit of everything, but, but you do feel that pressure of why does anybody care what I wear, you know, or how, how I act? Yeah, you're right. And, and, and this came out in a lot of ways. And so here, here's what I did. I started diving deep into the lives of pastor's kids. Mm-hmm. And I found so many similarities, regardless of kind of background or, or where you were. There were things that kind of came out. One of them was this, this glass house idea that mm-hmm. I feel like my life's on display constantly. Yeah. Uh, and many times that's contributed to by the church people, not so much my parents. Right. Sometimes a parent feel a lot of pressure that way. But a lot of times it's the community. It's the church. It's comments like what you said. It's the, it's when you go to kids ministry and the kids pastor says, well, you know, you're the next pastor or you're the pastor's son. Why don't you pray for our small group today? Or that yeah. whole kind of thing can start really early in the life of pastors. It makes it very unique because they feel like all eyes are on them. Here's a second aspect of their experience that I found really interesting. Many of them uh, struggled in areas with relationships with church staff and relationships with people in the church. Mm. So I imagine that if we lined up, I mean, I, I surveyed many pastors, kids, but I think to a person there was, they experienced conflicts and sometimes even difficulty trusting people who were yeah. part of the church staff for various reasons or also part of the church. And so there was this, uh, this conflict in relationships that they grow up with that's maybe different than many people experience, and it's because they're uh, pastor's kids. And so that was another piece. A, a, a third item was 
just the relational uh, kind of crisis that they experience. So as I dug in deeply into their stories, here's what I found, that, that every one of them had some point where they really almost had a crisis of faith somewhere wow. along the way. And to put it in a positive, it, it was about this. It was like, I need to make the decision that this faith belongs to me. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not just following Jesus because of who my parents are, because I was the pastor's kid or whatever. But many times there was a whole crisis point surrounding that in their own life where they would have to choose to internalize and really own their faith um, yeah. for themselves. And, and so they came to really a faith crisis moment of their own and had to maybe ask some questions, maybe tough questions, and come out of that saying, you know what, I believe this for myself. It isn't just about mom, dad, church, my experience. I, I believe this um, for my own life. So there's some real challenges there that, um, that really are in, you know, in their lives that they're dealing with maybe in a different way um, than others. And so I wanted to dig into that. Yeah, that's good. I, I think, you know, there, there's that, there's that typical kind of stereotype of pastor's kids gone wild, right? Like there's that, there's that yeah. stereotype and it's not everyone, but, but a lot of times pastor's kids, they do rebel or they disconnect or, you know, Oh, imagine these kids away from the faith, you know? So I think, I think, it's another, I think as pastors, we don't want that. We don't want that for our kids or our grandkids oh, or anybody. Sure. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that speaks to kind of the interesting dynamic that I discovered as I was doing this research. So what I found was this, an eight-year-old pastor's kid has a hard time articulating the tension that they feel and the challenges that they're going through. They don't really even understand it maybe at that moment. Yeah. But as I started to survey pastor's kids who've made it and are successful in leadership and are following God, themes started to come up that really started to explain the life of our kids. So if I could speak to pastors out there right now, if, you're, if your kids are six, seven, eight years old, nine, 10, 11 years old, let me tell you a little bit about some of the tension points hmm. that they're going to experience and feel. And, and, and as I kind of pulled these together, uh, these really seem to speak to their experience. And you can tell me what you think too, Verge. Here's mm-hmm. the first one. So here's the, the idea is this. Pastor's kids have a different experience. And so in the church, they're like everybody else in some ways, but in other ways, they are unlike anybody else. That's so true. I want to I think about that, right? So they're like everybody else in some ways, but in other ways, they're unlike anybody else. So for example, here's the first one. Like everyone else, uh, my parents, the pastor of the church. So if I, kids go to church, that their parents, the pastor, he's the, he, she, they're together. They're the pastor of the whole church. But like no one else, they're also my mom or dad. Mm. So I just think about that tension for a moment. So pastor's kids experience this idea that the spiritual leader of their church is also their mom or dad. And that can conflict at times. What happens when you as a pastor have to make a decision that's right as a leader, but it's something that makes it maybe hard on your kid's experience? Yeah. How do you process that? So let's say you're a pastor and you, you know, there's a program that has outlived its life and it's time to move on and do something else. So as a leader, you're like, we've got to do this. But it was your kid's favorite thing to be involved in, in the church. So now your kid's coming to you as their parents saying, why'd you take this away? Mm -hmm. I don't understand what happened. 
And there's a tension there between those two. And so pastor's kids have to live with that tension. It doesn't ever really go away. It just stays and it's there and they have to kind of navigate it along the way, unlike anybody else. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, to- it totally does. And I think, I think it is so true. And, and first of all, you know, parents who aren't pastors or maybe ministry leaders, maybe don't have to think about this dichotomy. Um, and even as kids, you're not really thinking, oh, I am different, but I'm the same. But I think it's intriguing. T- tell us more about the study. Whether you're an innovator in ministry, business, or your community, Avail Plus is designed to take you to the next level. What is Avail Plus? It's an exclusive leadership resource that offers access to brand new premium resources like books, study guides, and masterclasses. It's a chance to connect with other leaders on live calls and classes. It's early access to materials no one else has held in their hands. It's the catalyst to your next season of growth as a leader. To find out more about how you can become a member of Avail Plus, head over to theartofleadership.com forward slash avail dash plus. Well, uh, okay, so let me give you another tension. So I, I did a focus group where I gathered pastor's kids for two days and literally turned on a video camera and we just talked about their experience and asked questions and interacted. And for two days, I just pulled out of them all the experiences that they had. And then, and then we uh, went through with a sociological, uh, uh, I had a, so- a sociologist help me to code all that and put it together in a scientific way. But really the concept of these tensions came out of that. Here's another one. Like everybody else, I'm a kid growing up. I mean, a pastor's kid's a kid, right? Mm, yeah. I'm a kid growing up. But like no one else, I am the legitimizer of my parents' ministry. Don't you think about that for a second? Come on. In many ways, people in the church are looking at the kids of the pastor, and that is somehow a way they're making an evaluation on whether their ministry, what the quality of their ministry is. Wow. So you're a pastor's kid and you're struggling with something in your life, maybe you're not allowed to struggle with that because if you do, that somehow reduces the effectiveness wow. of your parent. Nobody else, nobody else has to deal with that kind of level of tension. Uh, here's another one. Number three, like everyone else, the church is where I meet with my spiritual family. So the church building is the place where we gather for services and and uh, or small groups happen and stuff like that too. But you think about it, the church is where everybody in the church gathers with their spiritual family. But like no one else, the church is also my parents' workplace. <laughs> so think about that. When you go to, uh, you know, when people go with their parents to work day, they go to an office building, they go to real estate office, They their parents teach school, whatever it is. But for a pastor's kid, that church building is also their parents' workplace. So it was interesting. Yeah. And I don't know if you have any experiences like this, but several of them shared things like this. When uh, I would have to go with my parents up to the church all the time. So they told stories about taking naps in the sanctuary on the floor, playing yeah. hide and go seek with all the lights out in the church, swimming in the baptismal. In fact, uh, one, one talked about uh, swimming for, you know, diving for quarters in the baptismal to pass time. And, I'm sure you have some stories like that, too, of things. It's just part of the experience of growing up as a pastor's kid. Well, here's what's interesting. Um, To a person, these pastor's kids I surveyed talked about having to rediscover sacred space. Mm. The idea that because my parents work there, because I'm there a lot, because when we go, there's work, because I, you know, they're in a meeting and I'm just trying to figure out what to do with myself and that that. 
as they get older, they have to rediscover some sacred space. In other words, the church has to become a place to encounter God again. Yeah. And having to walk through that experience is really interesting in their lives. Many of them found that that they needed to go be part of some uh, some events outside the church, a conference somewhere, uh, another youth ministry somewhere, another mm-hmm. uh, youth camp somewhere, because the church was so much of the workplace and they needed that sacred space to uh, to encounter God. So like everybody else, the church is where we meet, but unlike anybody else, it's my parents' workplace. I got two more. You, you want me to share them? Yeah, shoot them. Shoot them. Here's, number four. Here's number four. Like everyone else, the church staff are spiritual leaders in my life. It's true of everybody in the church. The church mm-hmm. staff are spiritual leaders in my life. But like no one else, they are my parents' employees. Tricky, think tricky. Think about that for <laughs> It is. And think about how tricky that is to navigate when you're 10. So like everybody else, these are spiritual leaders, and, and that's what we say. We we support them as spiritual leaders. We, we want you to, hey, we want you to plug in and be involved. And, and yeah. here's the youth pastor and, and, and a kids pastor, and these are the people that are spiritual mentors. But then they're also my parents' employees. Yeah. And so there's a, there is a tension in that relationship that makes it very interesting. Not only that, and you probably experienced this, what happens when you're the pastor's kid and the church has cycled through four or five employees in a role mm-hmm. in the last five, six years. And you can almost get the idea, and this is what they shared. I, I got to the place where I was like, well, you may not be here long. I'm going to be here forever, but you may, you know, you may come and you may go. <laughs> and that affects how they relate and connect with, uh, yeah. with the people around them. So here's number five, last one. Uh, like everyone else, uh, the church attenders are members of my spiritual family. Okay. Like everybody else, the church attenders are members of my spiritual family, but like no one else, they're also critics of my parents. Yeah. Think about that for a moment. Mm -hmm. How, if you are the son of a doctor, you are not surrounded by in community with all of the patients that your doctor sees who wants to have criticism about your doctor. If you're the son of a dentist, you're not, your whole world is not surrounded by every patient they see who says, I don't think he did a good job filling my cavity. But if you're a pastor's kid, your community is the spiritual family like everybody else. But in your case, they're also the critics of your parents' ministry. I don't like this. I don't like that. Uh, Why couldn't we do it this way? Why does your parent always do it that way? I, I don't know why they think about it like this. I'd sure like to tell them this. And so there's a tension point about that. And what was interesting as I studied these verges, here's what I found, that, and there's a lot more on it in the study, but the, these tension points, uh, they're not something you ever solve. They, they're problems that are not solved. They are problems that are managed. And I think that as pastor parents, here's what we've got to do. We have to understand that this is the world our kids are living in. Mm-hmm. And I think if we understand that, we can process our decision, our parenting a little bit differently with an understanding of how their worlds may be different than everybody else. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's so to- it's fascinating it- for me. Yeah, this is fascinating for, for many, many reasons. It's And it's funny, I'm thinking about conversations that I've had with my kids in recent times, um, which 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 is about that tension, telling them, hey, there's some benefits and blessings that you guys have just because you're pastor's kids. 
But then at the huh, same time, I'm... there's some challenges and extra tensions that you carry because you're our your pastor's kids. Um, yeah. two, things, two things came to my mind. Uh, one, um, it, it could also parent uh, pastor's kids can even be excluded. I think they can be included in some, some things. You know, yeah. like other people, but unlike other people, they might be like, oh, we can't invite him. That's the pastor's son, you know, or yeah. hey, we can't invite her. She's the, you know, she's the pastor's daughter, you know, so it can, it can kind of right. include or exclude. And here's the other thought, and I want to hear your thoughts on this. Um, as parents and pastors, we got to be careful what we talk about around our kids, especially if we're frustrated about something at church or complaining about a situation or a church member or, a, or an employee yeah. because we can affect their hearts in that process. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, you're right on both fronts. I mean, obviously uh, there are some things that you miss out on because you're the pastor's kid and maybe invitations you don't get, or, uh, you know, the community thinks about you uh, maybe a little bit differently. And you're right about what you said about communication. Here's what's interesting as I dug into the lives of these pastor's kids. Here's what they said. On the one hand, uh, they said, we don't think you ought to share everything. Please don't come home. This would be like them talking to us. Right. Please don't come home and just dump about the church right. constantly. Please don't come home and it always be about the board member that you can't stand and mm -hmm. the person that you would quit. And why does this person have to be, you know, the thorn in your flesh? If you do that constantly, what happens is I, I begin to see the church as an enemy. Right. And, and that's negative. At the same time, they also said this. It is important to share some mm -hmm. of the challenges you have. Don't don't withhold it so much that I never see anything. Like there's never anything that you're dealing with or never anything going on in the church. Because right. what happens is when I get older, I'm going to figure out that there's issues in the church. Yep. When I do, I'm not ready to navigate that if you haven't shared a little bit appropriately along the way. So my advice, well, their advice to parents is this. <laughs> Share some, make it appropriate and wise. Don't use your, you know, kids to vent on. Right. But it's also okay to say, hey, there's some challenges at the church right now. We're navigating. We're going to get through them. But, you know, there's some frustrations happening. And a little bit of reality along the way is helpful as yeah. they grow and develop. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I love this conversation, Garrett, because... I think this is causing a lot of us to think, you know, again, it's very different when our kids are five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and maybe when they're 15, 16, 17, right? Um, the, the, the challenges can vary a little bit, the content of what we're talking about, but, but it's still, it's still a reality that we have to embrace as pastors and ministry leaders who have kids. And I love, I love your line about this. How do we raise kids who love God and don't hate the church? Because that, that's a reality. Unfortunately, there yeah. are, there are kids who grew up in and around church as pastors, kids, ministry leader kids, and, and they love God, but they they want nothing to do with the church, you know, and, and man, oh, you're right. that's hard. Yeah. And you know, this is where my study really turned a corner uh, for me, because here's what I wanted to know. I wanted to understand the life of a pastor's kid. What are the challenges? What are the issues? What are you dealing with? But I really wanted them to speak about, uh, you know, Hey, you're, you've made it. If you were going to talk to 
a pastor out there who has two kids and they're six and eight years old, what would you tell them? What advice Mm. would these successful pastor's kids give you and me about raising our kids in the ministry? And they had so many great ideas. I can't share them all with you, but let me just give you a few. We can talk about them. We're Uh, getting practical here. We're getting practical, right? Practical. This is practical. Yeah. Here's number one. And this was by far number one. Prioritize family time apart from church and ministry time. Good. Good. So in other words, you and I have to uh, block out some time that's just for the family. Yeah. And 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 have some boundaries that it's okay to like let me just set some pastors free. It's okay to turn your phone off. Yeah. You know, when you turn it back on, the world's still going to be there, but make sure you have some time that's dedicated just for your family. Good. Your kids are really internalizing that. Mm-hmm. And it helps everything healthy and in balance. And that was number one. Here's number two. Be authentic. Be the same on the platform as you are off the platform. Yes. Be authentic. Be yourself and be authentic. Because, listen, your kids are living with you every day. They know you. So uh, one of the things that's a disservice to their faith is for us to act like somebody different when we're on the platform than the real you. Mm-hmm the day in and day out. Here's number three, uh, invest in a strong kids and youth ministry in your church. This was really interesting to me, Verge, because uh, what I found was this, that pastor's kids are successful. Not all of them came from a church that had a strong kids and youth ministry, Mm -hmm. but here's what their parents did. If the church didn't have one, they found one in the area and they got their kids involved in maybe another church or another youth ministry along the way, or they went to conferences or they got to be, they, they, they helped their kids be part of some spiritual experiences that deepen their faith. That's good. So if you're in a situation where maybe that's not really developed in church life yet, um, if you can't invest in it to that depth, find somewhere else and let's lean on the body of Christ. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and find somewhere where they can get that experience. Uh, that, that was really important. Here, here's uh, I talked about sharing the burdens of ministry a little bit. Um, maximize opportunities for your kids' spiritual growth. So you said that our kids get some benefits about being our kids, and that's mm-hmm. really true. Think about it from that perspective. What can you give them? They live a life that nobody else you know, experiences. What can you give them nobody else has? You have a guest speaker who comes in to speak at your church at lunch. Let your kids ask them two or three questions. Maybe beforehand go, hey, I want you to pick a one question you can ask them and have some interaction there. Ask them to pray over your kids. You know, if you have a, if you have a, you have a daughter, you, you, you have a daughter and somebody comes in, you know, you, to speak at your church, a women speaker, make sure they have some time because that's inspirational. Right. And can really connect to them. And those kind of moments can really matter. So maximize those opportunities. Uh, And here's another one. Involve your kids. Involve your kids. Nice. Uh, One of the things that they said to a person was this. I'm really glad my parents involve me in the church. So, I mean, sometimes I think we can get trapped in this idea of like, uh, well, I'm not going to ask them to do anything. They're my kids. It's off limits. Mm -hmm. We want them involved. You're a Christian first. And yeah. we serve God's purpose in our life first. And as a family, we're serving together. So involve your kids. It's okay for your kids to come and help set up some chairs sometimes and do things because what it does is give them ownership in the mission of what you're doing. Yeah. And so involving them, even listening to them, ask them a question. Ask them how that event was from their perspective. 
and let them have uh, have a voice. And then um, last thing, and it's not all, but just one more thing is this. Give your kids a global view of the kingdom of God. Good. See, we get such a narrow view of the kingdom of God in our place, in our perspective, and in our context. But you have the opportunity to give your kids a bigger view. Help them see another church. When you go, when you go guest speak somewhere, take one of your kids with you. Let them see another another environment, another context. If you go on a missions trip and your kids are able to go, or you can take one of your kids with you, take them with you. Let them see God's work in another country, in another context, in another place. Because if they get a global view of the kingdom of God, uh, then they see broader of the things that God's doing and can be really impacting, uh, really impacting on their life. So that's a few things, just tips for you and me as, uh, as parents that we can do right now and just start making them a part of our life. I love that. I think I think this is a great place to kind of land the conversation. Um, I'm so happy that we're talking about this, uh, Pastor Garrett, because I think sometimes we real we don't realize how much help we do need as pastors with our own kids, you know. And, and uh, insights like this study that you've done for your doctoral dissertation, I think, is is so huge, especially because it's coming from a perspective of we are for them, right? We're for the the pastors' kids, and and uh, I guess I guess the last question before how people can connect with you um, is, is there anything churches can do? Cause you talked about what we can do as, as parents and as oh, pastors, yeah. but it, what can, what can churches put in place uh, to help support ministry parents and kids? These pastors kids had so many great ideas about this. And I think that one thing you could do is just get the leadership team of your church together and say, what could we do for pastors kids around here and practical yeah. things really make a difference. For example, acknowledge the birthday of the pastor's kids on your staff. Get them a gift card to go get ice cream on their birthday. But be yeah. thoughtful about uh, staff kids, pastor's kids on your staff, and how you can connect to them and appreciate them in a different way because they carry a different weight because of who they are. Good. So it isn't favoritism to say, hey, I just want you to know, happy birthday. And and. We love you here, not because of what your parents do, but because of who you are as a person. Look for ways to reinforce that. It could come down to taking all your pastor's kids on an, on an event together or an outing together. If you, uh, I heard one pastor who, whenever he tells a story about his kids from the platform, you know, that's kind of the dreaded thing. My, my parents are going to tell a story <laughs> about him from the platform. So every time he turned it around, every time he told a story about his kids from the platform, he paid him $5. So then his kids were doing things to try to get into the message. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that they could be acknowledged and, you know, make money. So anyway, think about the ways that you can support and reach out and connect to uh, pastors' kids. And really the tone starts at the top. And so I would just encourage pastors to, to take an active role yeah. in how you sees pastors' kids. You can shape and develop that. And so it may come down to a little course correction sometimes. You know, the person in the kids' ministry goes, you're the pastor's kid. You should never be late. Maybe you say, hey, listen, back off that a little bit. Let's make sure we give them some space. Yeah. Only give as much grace as you want to have. Maybe that's a reminder we need to give some people, and it'll help them see it a little bit differently. So there's plenty we can do and so much more to be done in the body of Christ when it comes to this. I love it. I love it. All right, pastors, ministry leaders, you've heard it here. And really, there's two options. I don't think anybody will regret putting things into into the plan to help our pastor's kids and our ministry kids love God and not hate the church, right? But I think we would regret not doing so, and we could probably hear testimonies 
you know, of generations ahead of us that, that would let us know. Um, I love this, Pastor Garrett. Thank you for sharing the insights that you've learned. I know that there's more to come. I'm pushing you and I'm encouraging you. You should write about this because I think there's there's something that more people need to read and learn about this. Um, if people want to get in contact with you, if they want to connect with you, what's the best way, Pastor Garrett? Yeah, the church website is mygrace.com. So mygrace.com is grace and that's the church and you can catch me there. GarrettBooth.org. So my name, GarrettBooth.org is a website also that has some resources as well. And then I'm on Instagram and social media channels too under my name, Garrett Booth. Beautiful, beautiful. I will mention, uh, Pastor Garrett, we love putting resources here at Avail in leaders' hands. We have the Avail Journal, which is our quarterly uh, Christian leadership magazine that comes out chock full of great articles, high quality, full color, beautiful resources. Would you agree that for leaders and pastors, it's important to to tap into leadership resources? Absolutely. I want all the help I can get in leading. <laughs> and so, um, listen, grab that avail, uh, that avail resource and get it in your hands because I think it would really help you to lead in your context where you are in a really um, effective way. Yes. Thank you for that. By the way, if you have not done so, you can claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal by going to availjournal.com. First year will be on us. Encourage you to do so. You're going to love it. You won't regret it. Uh, man, this has been awesome, Pastor Gary. Can you just share maybe one last last nugget of wisdom or encouragement for all of our pastors and leaders? Yeah, you know, I, if I can, I'd like to say just a quick prayer, because I think when, when every time I've talked about this with pastors, there are pastors that are hurting in this area. Mm. There's pastors that have one of their kids that are in a place that they just never thought they'd find them. And so I'd like to say a quick prayer about that and then a last thought. And so if you're if you're in that spot, pastor, I just want to say to you that uh, God cares about where your kids are and that um, and that we believe and we'll believe together with you that there's going to be a turnaround and a change. Amen. And Lord, I just pray for your grace over pastors, kids. And, and right now, just here on this podcast, we just call them home. Uh, we know that there are pastors who've planted great seeds of faith in the life of their kids. And because of various reasons, their kids have taken a turn. But Father, it's not the last turn. And Lord, you can guide, direct. I pray you just put people in their lives that would redirect them back to the path of faith and that they would find you in a deep and meaningful way. I pray for restoration and healing in families and for uh, pastors' kids. And I thank you uh, that you care about that. And God, I pray for pastors that you'd encourage them as they walk through uh, the the um, they walk this out in their own life and uh, and walk it out in their ministry. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And my last thought uh, really comes from Sam Chan. I heard him say this a long time ago. He said, listen, unless Jesus comes back in our lifetime, we are all interim pastors. <laughs> so I want to tell you this, pastor, unless Jesus comes back and takes us home, you are an interim pastor, but you're not an interim parent. You're the mm -hmm. only mom, the only dad those kids have. So remember that our calling that goes beyond our church and beyond our ministry, somebody else is going to pastor the church but no one else is going to be mom or dad to your kids. Thanks for having me on Verge. I really appreciate it. God bless you, everybody. So, so good. Drop the hashtag, drop the mic, Pastor Garrett. I love it. Uh, Garrett, on behalf of the Avail team, uh, Dr. Sam Chan, Martine Van Tilburg, everybody who makes things happen here at Avail, we just want to say we're thankful for your life. We're proud of you. 
and we honor you and your family for the work that you're doing. Thanks, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. God bless you, everybody. (laughs) Hey, everybody. We are finishing another episode of the Avail Podcast. If you have learned, if you've been blessed, if you've been encouraged, share this episode with somebody. Share the episode, share the audio, share the video. We love you. And we'll catch you next time right here on the Avail Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Avail Podcast with our guest, Garrett Booth. You can connect with Garrett on Instagram or by going to garrettbooth.org and mygrace.com. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com. And make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. As always, I'm your Avail Media host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail Podcast.